0: In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. With your prayers and the Holy Spirit's power, I would like to speak for a few moments tonight from the theme, An Insecure Savior. An Insecure Savior. You may take your seats. December 24th the sun has set that means Christmas tide is here oh we welcome this wonderful season with excitement and anticipation it's Christmas this is the day when it's hard not to become intoxicated by the euphoria and the ecstasy It's hard not to become inebriated by the frenzy and the frolic. It's Christmas. Go home. Go home and break out the Bing Crosby and the David Bowie. Go home and break out the Donny Hathaway. Trim the tree, wrap the presents, buy the batteries. Why? Because it's Christmas. Christmas. It's a day that we can conceptually set aside and set apart all that ails us. It's a day where we can focus on cookies and candy canes, tinsels and turkey, carols and community choirs, garlands and gifts. It's Christmas. For many of us, many of us both young and old, this is the day that we can suspend reality. It's the day that we can upend the ordinary. It's the day that we can defer dealing with the doldrums of the day-to-day. It's Christmas. Santa's sled goes across the sky. Miracles are possible in each given moment, and a sentiment of charity and compassion sets down in our souls. Oh, how I love Christmas. Hark, the herald angels sing, Jesus, the light of the world. Glory to the newborn king, Jesus, the light of the world. But my brothers and sisters, as much as I adore food, family, and fellowship, and all that's associated with this special day, I yet must remind myself of one simple point in fact. And that is, the birth of Christ was not intended to be a switch that suspends reality. The story of Jesus' birth was not told to deflect our attention from the pains, problems, perils, and perplexities that shape our world. And the meaning of Christmas, at least according to the author of Luke, was not meant to sanitize human suffering or anesthetize us to social injustice. Oh, but to the contrary, Luke provides an account of Jesus' birth that challenges the iron feet of imperial oppression. For with this story, Luke aims to identify the social storm clouds that hovered over the heads of Palestinian peasant families like Joseph, Mary, and yes, a little baby named Jesus. This is, why, this is why the second chapter of Luke begins with a simple yet significant line. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus to all the world that they should be registered. This is a simple line because the author's sole intent was to identify the emperor of the Roman Empire. But it's a significant line because Luke uses it as a literary device to set the stage for the birth of Jesus. You see, for the true meaning of Jesus's birth is found only in contrast to the one who most readers in the first century world would have recognized as the savior of the world. Not a baby born in Bethlehem, but rather a Roman emperor named Caesar Augustus. You see, my friends, in the century before the birth of Jesus, the Roman Republic touted its record of bringing peace to the Mediterranean region. Peace, however, was a result of Rome's military might. Peace was a result of the empire's power to destroy voices of dissent. Peace was a result of the empire's capacity to crush conflict and repress any form of resistance. Peace. In other words, peace was indistinguishable from military power. They were literally two sides of the same coin, Brother Kissler. This is why the coins from the period had packed the Roman goddess of peace on one side, and an engraving of the emperor holding a spear on the other side, Pax Romana, or peace by oppression. And because of this illusion of peace, Roman officials began to refer to Caesar officially as the sotia, the Greek term for savior where we get the term soteriology or the study of salvation, soteria. And in the minds of the Mediterranean masses, it was Caesar who was the savior of the world. It was Caesar whose sword was sharp and spear was swift. It was Caesar who could trample all trouble under his mighty military feet. By strength, brute force, and intimidation, it was Caesar who demanded obedience and dictated allegiance. Caesar was their savior. But it's for these very reasons, my friends, that I just stated, that I want to suggest on tonight that Caesar was an insecure savior. Caesar was an unsure savior. Caesar was an uncertain savior. The emperor was insecure, he was unsure, he was uncertain because anyone who puts their trust in weaponry and warfare and anyone who seeks to lead all by diminishing some and anyone who conquers lands by dividing people, history has proven that their success is short-lived. Well, if you don't believe me, let's take a stroll through history. Why don't you ask Napoleon Bonaparte, Oh, Napoleon once said that power is my mistress, and I've worked too hard at her conquest to allow anyone to take her from me. Yet did not Napoleon meet his Waterloo? Just ask Adolf Hitler. It was Hitler that once boasted, it's not the truth that matters, but victory that matters. Yet the truth of human equality continues to resonate while hellhounds feast upon Hitler's fateful soul. Or just ask Jefferson Davis, the former president of the Southern Confederacy. Oh, he once declared the South is determined to maintain her position of slavery and make all who oppose her smell Southern powder and feel Southern steel. But I'm here to tell you tonight that all ideals that are maintained by gunpowder will ultimately face a battle at Appomattox. And this, this was the message that Luke was trying to convey to readers in this birth narrative about Jesus. He appropriates the term sotir and uses it not to describe the emperor, but rather to describe this unsuspecting newborn from an impoverished city named Nazareth. For to you on this day in the city of David, a savior who is the Messiah, of the Lord, is born. Jesus, Luke is declaring, is the true savior. Remember, my friends, Luke here, he's writing decades after Jesus's crucifixion. Oh, so Luke has the vantage point of knowing Jesus' impact on the world in relationship to that insecure savior named Caesar. And Luke knows that Jesus offered something different than the Roman emperor. For Jesus is not an insecure savior. For his authority was not based on military power, But Jesus' authority was based on love and respect for the least of these. Jesus was not an uncertain savior. For his kingdom was not premised on the lie of imperialism, but rather the truth of equal justice for all. And Jesus was far from an unsure savior because his claim to peace was not premised on suppression and violence, but rather on the weapons of love and compassion. And this is the reason that I would like to assert that this Christmas, this year, could not have come at a better time for our nation and for our world. These are frightening and scary times that we live in. From Charleston to Colorado Springs, from Paris to San Bernardino, the malignancy of hate continues to expand into the tumors of terrorism. Millions of Syrian refugees seek solace from the devastation of civil war, only to hear all too often, there's no room at the inn here for you. Too many children Too many children, even in this country, are being put to sleep each night by the cruel lullabies of an empty, growling stomach. And it's because of these frightening times, oh, it's because of these scary times, that these are also trying times. For fear can cause us to become less than our best selves. Fear can test our faith by challenging our commitments to the virtues and values that we profess to hold dears. Oh, justice, compassion, forgiveness, and mercy. This is why that I would encourage all of us, all of us, during this upcoming year when we are evaluating those who would seek to be the next emperor, We should be mindful of those who would proclaim themselves as saviors of the world. Insecure saviors who would put their faith in drones rather than justice and carpet bombings rather than blanket compassion. For we know that division and suppression are not paths toward true peace, nor will more guns and more bombs ultimately make us safer. But unto us, A child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the governments, all government, shall rest upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, and Prince of Peace. Christmas reminds us that we worship a Savior whose love unites, not divides. We worship a God who saves not because of ourselves, but in spite of ourselves. And Christmas challenges us to keep the faith when temptation tempts us to fall astray. This is why I am so excited that it's Christmas. Like anyone, I love the good food and the gifts. But in these scary, tough, and trying times, I need a reminder on this day that a baby was delivered who has the power to deliver all of us. For every once in a while, I need a reminder of what God thinks is good, and that's to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. And Christmas comes right in time to remind me that no matter how dark the day, And no matter how dreary the night, because this true Savior was born, oh, you and I can still walk in the light, the beautiful light. And we can come where the dew drops of mercy are bright, because they shine all around us by day and by night. Because Jesus is the secure Savior and the light of the world.